Hey, you know what would be great, Timmy? What? If people Some would... Some R-City coffee? <laughs> it certainly would be. Now that you say that. Today's podcast is brought to you by rcitycoffee.com. Timmy. Uh, R-City coffee is the actual coffee company we started here in Los Angeles where we roast local, we hire local, we give back local. We're working with kids to try to help feed them with every bag of beans we sell online on rcitycoffee.com. Every bag sold equals a kid fed in Los Angeles. Use the code BS and get 15% off. I was taking a look at the analytics again (laughs) recently, actually yesterday. You know people in 32 countries have listened to the podcast? Stop it. I kid you not. Name all 32 right now. You probably couldn't even name 32 states. I can name 32 states, but I definitely can't name 32 countries. If you've listened, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Coming live to Twitch, we're going to start doing live streams, Timmy. How exciting is that? It's exciting. It's so nerve-wracking. Is it? No. No, not at all. And you don't have to do anything different. I'll just set it up and arrange it. Yeah. You're just along for the ride. Today on the podcast, we've got Lance Harrington, the founder of Unico Nutrition. This is part number three of our five-part mini-series leading up to the Fit Expo January 27th and our live podcast, Mike Rashid, Corey Kaye. You like to save money, right? Most of the time. Why not save 10 bucks to the Fit Expo? Use the code CURRENTLA19 at thefitexpo.com and you're going to save 10 bucks. Wait, you can save $10 off that promo? You certainly can. Isn't it? TheFitExpo.com, current LA19, you save your money. We've actually worked with Lance and Unico in the past on a project. And when we talked about doing these Fit Expo podcasts, we figured what a great fit. Let's bring Lance back in, see how business is going, and talk to him about it. Yeah, and I've always liked, we've always liked Lance. Lance is a good Lance dude. Lance thinks completely, like he's a young guy, young entrepreneur, came right out of college, started a business, thinks completely different in a space that could get cluttered if you don't. We talked about how he started his career in, at an agency as he was building his company on the side. He worked on major companies like Bank of America, did analytics with them, and how he used that agency knowledge and transformed that into his own business knowledge. Timmy, I couldn't have said it any better. We hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of Unico Nutrition, Lance Harrington. We got to get a sound. Yeah, we should get a little soundboard. (laughs) We'll upgrade at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. On a rainy Los Angeles day. You can kind of hear it in the background. Yeah. Three days in a row? Yeah. So you're from Boston or just, no, New Hampshire? Where are you from? Yeah, New Hampshire. So rain, rain, snow, sleep, the whole world. You're used to it. Yeah, Yeah, this is nothing. But but people here here are not used to it. No. (laughs) So like (laughs) when it happens, everything shuts down. You don't see people out or there's crazy traffic. No, yeah, including me. I went to the gym yesterday. Pull that low in front of you. Yesterday morning. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. And I'm, you know, late as usual to a class and I was on the... (laughs) On the 405, and I just hydroplaned for like 50 straight oh. yards, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot. It's raining. Damn. You know, these roads are not built for this stuff. No. Yeah. No. Where, do you, where do you work out at around here? Uh, I sound like kind of a douche, but I go <laughs> Soul Cycle? The Equinox membership where oh, I go, okay. kind of go to like whatever one. And oh, okay. Sometimes I swim, so I go down to South Bay. Sometimes okay. take classes at Marina. But Yeah. yeah. Um, I sound like a douche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to start. Oh, I just go to all the Equinox. Yeah. 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 But, um, I usually hit it on Monday. I go to you know, West Hollywood <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, what's cool about those, though, is like you can meet some super cool people there. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I don't know if that's why totally. you're doing. I'm obviously the places are great too, but <laughs> yeah. but like the networking aspect of it probably is is worth it if you're doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I kind of. I 
with, for working out for me is kind of like that that haven or kind of that spot where you can go be alone and get away from sure. other stuff. So I kind of put my head down and just try and get the work done. And yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good people I've met there too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Equinox is cool. If you don't have Equinox, they're like super nice Equinoxes, like super super nice gyms in LA, New York, Miami, upscale type places. Yeah, but they're what, really is cool. That all like, they're in those three cities. I don't know. Hmm. I just big I know New York and LA for sure. Yeah. yeah. I like them. Hmm. Anywho, yep. Unico Nutrition. You started this how long ago? Uh, why, what, where did it come no from? Why, yeah. And yeah. It, background, we, we know a little bit, uh, probably more than a little bit, is we used to work together. We, we did. Worked, we worked yeah. together on a project-ish. We'll get into that a little more. But So we, we've <laughs> done some stuff before. But So why did you start the company? Where, how, when? Uh, it's a long story, and I, I tend to babble about this kind of thing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was about... Six and a half years ago, um, oh, graduated college. Um, I was a hockey player my whole life. Um, I didn't, you know, like anyone, a lot of people don't know what they want to do, especially athletes when they're used to comp- competing and mm-hmm. sports. That's kind of all they know. And, and for me, that was kind of hard because I, I did kind of assume I would go on to play some form of professional sports. And you as a competitive athlete, we mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tough when you that realization finally sets in. You're like, what? what now, you know, how do I compete? How do I, how, how do I define myself? And yeah. For me, I know, um, I still want to do something with that, you know, sports and athletics was all I knew. And, um, but at the same time, I always, even as an athlete, I had it sort of a, uh, I guess a creative or more entrepreneurial side. And so it was kind of a natural intersection of all the things that, uh, I was interested in was, um, sports nutrition because it's, um, you know, going through, uh, my, my hockey career, I always wanted to have, you know, an edge. I was like, um, I was a really skinny kid and I was in a, a defensive position. You had to, uh, play a physical role if you're tall and I was tall, but I w- didn't have any muscles on me. Yeah. So I would try and take protein powders, weight gainers, all that stuff to try and bulk up, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger and, and be better at the sport. And, um, that's how I like found sports nutrition and then kind of always was into, uh, you know, just bettering myself. And then of course, as a kid, especially when you're more influential, influential, whatever, mm-hmm. easily, easy to be influenced. <laughs> the, the marketing, uh, I think some of the best marketers in the world are attracted to my industry because it's like, uh. it's fascinating. It's, you know, we can sell you on something that's going to make you better. It's such a, it's such a fun, um, you know, but challenging, uh, business. Sure. And, and I thought a lot of people did it maybe not quite the wrong way. And to this day, you see a lot of people, in my opinion, not quite doing it the right, the right way yeah. uh, and selling, um, something that maybe not, maybe not be attainable or healthy. Um, and so as an athlete, I think my goal was to create something that I could use my marketing skills in a way that I, um, you know, was challenging, but I still felt like I was doing, uh, a service to an industry where there was a gap. And in my opinion, that's where, um, marketing to athletes and then people who are looking for uh, cleaner products to put in their bodies but still help them achieve a goal. Sure. And um, that's kind of where it started. And for me, I, I, I focused on a, a female segment of the industry um, because no one else was doing it at, at the time. So there was definitely some of that looking to capitalize on, you know, some an underserved niche. And um, yeah. I kind of did, did that with a pre-workout marketed for women and uh, kind of was taken with uh, digital uh, marketing, which I still do to this day, focus on that. And mm-hmm. um, was just able to have some early success with one product and just slowly build brick by brick. And um, yeah, it's definitely evolved. We have a full line of products now and, and things are going really well, but it's still yeah. uh, a brick by brick mentality. And um, 
trying to stay true to that while managing, you know, aspirations and yeah. the appeal of faster growth is kind of where, where I'm at now. And it's, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But so, it's stressful. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you actually got the company, company started was how long ago? Uh, 2012, uh, okay, June so, of 2012. So just after you, you want, you had the idea, you, yeah. you actually formally started the company. Yeah. Yeah. Formally oh, like went to the bank, got a business bank account, trademarked the Look name. Look at you. Yeah. But, the, but then like the next three and a half years, four years, I was working a full-time job in Boston and then San Francisco in digital advertising, doing analytics, which I, um, I'm good at, but I hate, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess it, the silver lining was, I was still, well, a, I was kind of doing my Unico while I was at work, some of the time, <laughs> yeah. but also trying to translate anything that I was learning on the job into something that could help my, my fledgling business. And, um, I did pick up a lot of, a lot of tips and tricks and just, yeah a good sense of how digital, the digital marketing sure. landscape, what it looks like and advertising, how it all works. So. How much do you think it's changed? I mean, obviously it's changed a ton, but what do you think is the biggest change from <clears throat> when you started doing like digital marketing five <laughs> years ago till now? Well, I mean, my, my personal kind of take on it, my religion has changed from trying to just get someone to buy something into trying to produce something that's so good that um, it's easier to sell a, and then B yeah. that person is, maybe has a chance to buy it again because they they got value derived value from it yeah um and then i guess c would be that it was good enough to where they would tell a friend and that's something that starting out you're like how can i just sell 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 and get someone to buy this product you're never thinking of that's not really building it's an arbitrage but it's not like building a business i came to learn is making something that has so much value that you're not just good at getting them to buy it once but you're you're making a product that gives them value and they're probably going to buy it again brand loyalty um so that's how my that's how i've evolved personally as a as a marketer and a businessman and and um that's kind of like a duh thing but as it yeah as yeah it, but you know, starting out it, it it did take a few years really to 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 kind of look in the mirror and say hey I've, i'm selling some products but it's not that good of a it's not as good as I would like it to be okay. and it could be a lot better. And I was yeah. spending a lot of, most of my effort trying to figure out how to sell another jar of pre-workout as instead yeah. of spending, you know, 80% of that time making that thing better so that a lot more people are kind of coming to it and you're having the less, spend less of, your, of that effort trying to push it out on people. How did you figure that out though? Like, how did you, like, where did they, when did it come? Jeez. Like, uh, um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think w- you know, when you're, when you're doing your own thing, you're, you're entrepreneurial, you do have a lot of time to just kind of roll things over in your head over and over. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just a matter of time before I rolled some of the, some of those rocks, uh, you know, turned them over and said, yeah. man, maybe, you know, maybe I'm, I should take a new approach to doing this so that when, like I said, I was big into digital marketing, Google and Yahoo and learning how to, you know, adjust those levers so that people find you for a certain keyword and things like that. And, sure. um, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a big part of just fear that, you know, if I ranked highly for a certain keyword and then I wake up the next day and it, my <laughs> ranking changed, yeah. which it did. Yeah. And my sales immediately take a huge hit and peaks and valleys. It was like, I can't, I can't just be dependent on being smart, uh, a smart marketer. I need to, I need to build a brand and build a customer base that, um, if Google changes, I can shoot them an email, say, Hey, you know, I've got this new flavor, I've got this new product and they're going to come back cause they know I make a good product. I deliver sure. it quickly. I have great customer service. And, um, yeah, so it's a combination of things that kind of led to that realization. But I think it was definitely kind of one of those, those moments that kind of shift you. I think sh- for me, I think it shifted me from being someone who had like a good hobby into someone who could 
build a legitimate business or yeah. yeah. Were were you so when you were working at the agency, were you actively selling on your own website or was it the agency work more yeah, of like research question. and stuff? No, it was just huge enterprise level uh digital advertising. So um um we worked on like Bank of America was our one of our biggest account and my I worked in, you know, a huge high rise in Boston, which was actually kind of nice when I think back to like the structure and the healthcare <laughs> and all, all the nice kind of <laughs> yeah. bells and whistles that come yeah. along with corporate yeah. America. But, um, no, I was an, I was an analytics. I was like one of 25 analytics people assigned to the bank of America account. Uh, we were their digital, uh, advertising agency of, of choice who, you know, had some huge contract uh-huh. in like three entire floors of this enormous, you know, downtown Boston high rise were dedicated to just their account. Damn. So just the 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 amount of I guess just like the scale of digital advertising even back in you know five years ago it just evolved so much from then but even at kind of I guess the earlier stages of that type of advertising the big big enterprise brands were and continue to spend just ungodly amounts of money on right. it and, um, and no so I, I had kind of a narrow I started with a very narrow view of what what was going on how they spent their money where why what their goals were but um, as I you know just being curious and, and, and I'm working my ass off. I, just, I, I did kind of reverse engineer what, what the big picture was. Uh-huh. Um, and it, which can be hard to do when you're just, you know, thrown in front of a three screens and a shitload of spreadsheets and yeah. told, you know, tell me if bank of America's quarter of a million dollars last week was worth it. And I was li- like, that was, that, I mean, that was the part that sucked the most. Cause it was the hardest. Cause yeah. a lot of times it wasn't worth it, yeah. but I was the guy <laughs> who had to take all the data, spin manipulate it, it spin, spin it, yeah. which is a graceful word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we used to call it massaging the data. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Damn. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was, it was very ethical, but it was, it, as you can imagine, it's tough to, to go and talk to, you know, big, you know, high level marketing execs, like legit, you yeah. know, this is, that was kind of what I, at the time, what I dreamed of doing myself someday is being a, high paid, you know, corporate level, C-suite level, like Mm -hmm. marketing exec, and they're savvy as hell and they don't take a lot of bullshit. They want to know that they have to go back to their, you know, their people, their powers that be and say, this is how I spent your, our money, you know, because they're, they're given a big, huge number and told go spend it on digital. And so they spent it with us. And I think I did a decent job of showing them how and where and why and like what the results were, but it's immensely challenging, especially for like a bank where, um, yeah, they're not selling hats or sunglasses where you can say you sold this many sunglasses. Uh-huh. They've got branches everywhere. Not everything is 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 cleanly like tied together such that you can spend your money on digital and, and translate, you know, connect it directly back to sure. accounts open or things like that. Yeah. yeah. How but, were you like what were, were your metrics that you went back to them with? So we where, and where were you mostly mostly spending money? They they were mostly spending money on display what we call display. Um, uh, ads and just to take a step back that's think of banner ads mm-hmm. you know the ones that everyone likes to complain about that yeah. everyone says don't do shit <laughs> yeah uh we called that display for whatever that was just the name they gave it display advertising they spent a ton of money on that okay um because there's so much inventory think of how many web page loads and if you can be on a web page and reload it and a different ad will show up mm-hmm. yeah. all those impressions are are like you know Tons. however whatever yeah. numbers bajillions yeah yeah every day um they spent a lot on that um I, I mean, a lot of a lot of paid search. You know, we we managed some of their paid search, but there were other a lot of other players that did you know that that did that as well. 
but yeah, a lot of banner ads. And were they doing social yet, or was it? Were they it not? Was, yeah. Was so it just too early? It was very early. There was a lot of Twitter at the time, a lot of Twitter okay. advertising, some a lot of Facebook advertising. Facebook was already kind of establishing themselves as a, a, a big time player. Yeah. But even back then, we were doing like traditional buys with um, MSNBC, with Forbes, with sure. you know the big time media companies mm-hmm. that were used to getting their you know their advertising yeah, yeah. dollars. So it was new for them to sort of lose some butt. And even then, it was like, you know, if 95% of the pot, if there's 100% of the pot, 95 of it's going to those traditional uh, executions with yeah. the big time publishers and then just little tests with Twitter, tests with Facebook. Huh. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't love to go back now, but I, if I did, I think I would see it, it could probably, it's probably flipped. I mean, they're yeah. probably spending so much on Facebook. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, social, social was definitely in its earlier phases, yeah, then, yeah. but showing promise for ads and whatnot. Yeah. How do you think, uh, no, so you, you're, you're working with these like stupid budgets, Yeah. You know, stupid big budgets. <laughs> yeah. And then you go to a company that you started and you probably have like no money <laughs> to spend. <laughs> so how do you go from yeah. there? Like, all right, I, can, I know how to do yeah. digital marketing for yeah. a million a month. Yeah. But well, like, yeah. Well, you can see how, like when things are when things go wrong, as they always do. Even if you even if you have full insight into and signing off on everything, things go wrong all the time. Yeah. And I think the the biggest difference is when things went wrong, I didn't care. You know, people would yell. You know, my bosses would have to go to their boss. Like, and it was a big drama. Drama, <laughs> and it was kind. Of, I would kind of smirk, be like, haha, like the corporate America, <laughs> like, like whatever. It's just yeah. money. But when it, yeah, when it's yours, it's like, it's it means something totally a different. lot different, and you're. Um, I, you just care so much with how it's being spent mm-hmm. and um, it makes it, it makes it hard because you know, marketing isn't, isn't always black and white. Advertising is not black and white at all. And you guys mm-hmm. know that better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are we going to do next week? We're going to go to an expo. I'm going to spend tens of thousands of dollars. I'm going to sell, you know, $7,000 worth of product and mm-hmm. spend 50. So sure. yeah. that's why am I doing that for the second year in a row? And it's, that's something that even I, you know, I'm good with data. I'm good at analytics and I'm, when I go through my, you know, all my uh, financial statements for 2018, I'm not going to be able to, uh, I wouldn't be able to go to a, uh, an investor and, and clearly be able to show them where that return comes in and how and why. Yeah. And yeah. It's, um, you know, it's branding, it's marketing. And um, maybe from that perspective, back when I was an analytics guy and I was so focused on, you know, I thought I knew everything. I was like, oh, they're not getting their money's worth. What if they were? And I just, sure. I just. Yeah. was too dumb and young and had such <laughs> yeah. a narrow view. Sure, sure. What do I know? Maybe, maybe, you know, their accounts opened was 50% up that year that we were running all those display ads that I was, you know, scoffing at. Maybe uh-huh. they were, maybe they were working and maybe, you know, those people in the, you know, in the C's, in the, the high level execs, maybe they knew better than I did. Yeah. That could very well be the case. Well, yeah. if they're still spending the money, they're doing something. I mean, something yeah. was, was positive yeah. in, in, enough for them to continue yeah. to do well, it. Well, and look at, I mean, the billboards that we drive past every day and, and we like to kind of make fun of them and be like, <laughs> oh, I wonder how much that costs. Yeah. And, and we yeah. kind of want to make fun of it, but it's like, they've been, they're not, no one took them down. You know, someone's still paying for them. Sure. You know, it's just the, the analytics are trickier. And because of our generation, we like to see the data and have it all in front of us and know what's working. Click through to something. Yeah. 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 Show me the numbers, show me the ROI. And, um, I think that could hurt a generation of marketers who Mm -hmm. just want, they want to know. Sometimes you kind of have to have that faith and just, I mean, it's hard, especially as a young company, a small company with limited cash. Yeah. I still don't do it. I'm not on a billboard yeah. or doing those things yeah. that are harder to, to uh, quantify. But um, I think as I continue to evolve and mature as a businessman, as an advertiser, it'll be uh, interesting to see how my own 
kind of ethos changes regarding those more traditional forms of media because they're also going to i think and maybe they already have started to Im- increase in um maybe you're getting better deals on those than you did I'd back when facebook wasn't around you yeah. know yeah because yeah. yeah. some so much more people are spending money on your facebook your instagrams your your twitters everywhere else yeah than your traditional like tv and like print magazine print yeah when i hear people say radio it makes me cringe yeah but i mean i'm sure there's value somewhere yeah we're podcasting right and yeah Yeah. i think uh and we have not even tested it it's a whole new frontier but i know businesses in our category have gone from zero to whatever hundreds millions on the back of podcasting and and personalities podcasting is one of the highest like turn like advertising rates rois right now doing very very well yeah yeah yeah, so, so one, we're sponsored one million. by Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a good segue. Today's, today's podcast is brought to you by Chevrolet. Yeah. Yeah. Buy your Chevy today. Did our grandpa work at Chevy? Yeah, he did. Okay, I was going to say, it wasn't rest in peace. <laughs> and, yeah. and Equinox Gyms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Equinox Bank of America. Bank we're loaded America. up here. Use the code BS to get <laughs> yeah. 10% yeah. off. We're just sneaking in those kind of inadvertent <laughs> yeah. plugs. Yeah. How, how much were you spending at first when you first got in it? Were you spending, like, were you, did you have a couple hundred bucks to spend, or were you like, let me spend 50 bucks on Facebook? Oh, for, for Unico? Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't start paying for, ad, I didn't do any paid advertising until probably 24 or 36 months ago. I, I tried to okay. do, a, I tried to do mostly like affiliate. Uh, we have an yeah. ambassador program, which yeah. I love because it gives our best customers a chance to, um, you know, use word of mouth and just traditional forms of human communication mm-hmm. to, to help us grow. Yeah. Uh, and of course they get compensated a little bit for, for their part as well. And, yeah. um, that makes me feel good, especially cause we do it. And I think we do it in a good, clean, uh, pu- purely intended way. Um, as opposed to like the, you know, the coaches where you make them buy 10 jars of stuff uh-huh. and then they, they go to dinner parties and try and sell it to their girlfriends yeah. and stuff. It's, yeah. it's not like that. And I think a lot of companies like that exist. And so affiliate can get a kind of a bad rap for that. Sure. But, uh, no, I mean, and I, I, well, when I did start doing paid, I didn't jump in with both feet. I did, you know, 20 bucks a day and, okay, yeah. um, tested it out a little bit, tested it out. But yeah. you know what? That's kind of a lie. I would, I would, <laughs> I was testing things out for a long time Okay. and, um, I did not have good results for a long, you know, for those early, those tests when I was doing 25, 40 bucks a day. Uh, was part, this on Facebook or yeah, it? Facebook, okay. Pinterest. I was one of the first huh. guys to test, test Pinterest, um, because you did start on females too. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that makes right, sense. exactly. Um, and and maybe maybe I wasn't patient enough. Maybe my budget weren't high enough. I didn't give it enough of a real shot. Or, or maybe Facebook wasn't quite the the animal it is it is now four or five years ago. And and it's sure. not. We all know that. Yeah. So it was a combination of things. But basically, the it just wasn't it wasn't really there. Like the the ROI wasn't there. And like I said earlier, sometimes it takes faith and stuff like that. But when I, even a few years ago, I had, I had even less of the guts to put, put money towards something that wasn't immediately coming home to me. So, yeah. When you got less too. Makes right, sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as any startup, you have to be creative and think outside the box as opposed to like, let me just go spend some money and test that out. Even it's where can I go without spending any money to be as creative as possible yeah. and get yeah. people to my site and, and reoccurring. Yep. Yep. And, and I also think that there's something to be said for, um, kind of owning your own backyard too. I think a lot of brands are, they want to write a check to someone or, or put more money into Facebook before they, uh, are putting up valuable Instagram stories every day before they're sending I, out good emails every, yeah. you know, every week or putting out, you know, just stuff that shows their existing group of people. Hey, we're, we're not abandoning you and just looking for the next sale. You know, it's, yeah. it's, um, it goes back to what I said earlier. If you're, sometimes you have to kind of internalize and make sure that you're, 
controlling what you can control before just as equally as you are prospecting out, you know, going out to sure. find new business and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, because if you keep those people happy, they're going to help your efforts trying to expand as well. If you're getting a good experience with us, you like your product and you feel like we're still relevant and we're still working hard and, and putting out good products, you're, you are willing to tell a friend if it, if you're getting value out of that product. Yeah. That, I, ca- that kind of word of mouth can be overlooked sometimes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I love your guys. Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah. I do. Dude. Yeah, no, for, for real. And I would talk to our guys when we were doing some stuff like that. When we work with some other brands, like how can we make it look like this? And I would show them your Instagram story because they're just clean and, and energetic and fun yeah. looking. Yeah. You know, I, it, it was different than the stuff we you. were doing. Thank you. But like the, the look was so good. Yeah. I mean, it's still, still doing the same, <laughs> yeah. same ish type stuff. But yeah. And that, but I mean, those are the, those are the hardest things to do because you don't always wake up every morning with an idea or you, sometimes yeah. you wake up and you say, no, my customer, just, they know about blue frost or they know about the birthday cake flavor. Yeah. You know, I just, I just blasted that out at them the other day. So it's tough to <laughs> kind of get over the, over yourself and be like, just stick with it. And yeah. even if, even if things become repetitive, it's, um, those things go a long way. Even if, yeah, even if you didn't get a ton of intrinsic value out of it, um, those things, I, I think there's a subconscious element as well. Sure. Just keeping the brand, you know, top of mind and present. And if it's done tastefully, then it's not annoying people either. So it's a, a balancing act. But I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta stay at the forefront of the customer's mind, or else. Yeah. Especially in an industry with a lot of competition, there's always going to be the shiny new brand that they want to try. So yeah, you gotta keep them. And it's yeah. it's entertainment. I, I wonder why Instagram hasn't done a follow Instagram story thing yet. You can follow hashtags, follow people. Why not just follow just a story? Yeah. Hmm. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think that would because there's a lot of people that like don't even post on their or rarely post yeah. on their actual Instagram, yeah. but they're on their story yeah. 15 times a day. And I, I mean, I might even fall in that category. I think that the story, the Instagram yeah, story, is guess, such yeah. an interesting development in not even Instagram. I think I think social. I what, technically did it copy a Snapchat, Snapchat story, yeah. right? Yeah, like identical. I mean, <laughs> basically, but it's kind of yeah. it's different though. It I, is. I don't know, like a Snapchat, if you. If I see someone's story on Instagram and I don't know who they are or whatever, you can easily click into their profile and then scroll their feed and you're kind yeah. of finding out all that information right. that you need. To, the, the experience is we're, I, we're very familiar with it, but I don't, I don't know if Snapchat was ever going to quite Go be there. That, well, yeah, Snapchat, Snapchat be that. Never, never cared about your profile. And right, right, you. right. It was always kind of these moments. That, One and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moment. See, what, yeah. What, what I didn't like about that is that there's no discoverability on, on Snapchat. So like, I remember one time I put up, and this is when I was personal training when I first came out here, and I was, this was four years ago, and you could, it was just when you could add to like the LA story or whatever. And I remember I had a story where 118,000 people looked at it. Wow. And it was like me doing training <laughs> with, one, with one of the guys I used to train. And that would have been a big deal. Like I probably would have got a handful of followers, which would have helped, you know, maybe get some more business at the time. Yeah. And, but you didn't even see my name, PW Current. Yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't even see my Snapchat name, let alone click huh. onto something. Yeah. It was just me and a guy doing something. Yeah. And there was no way if they wanted to find me, they could have found me. Hmm. You did, did you just plug your own social media? Yeah. Snapchat <laughs> at PW Curran, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, no, um, I, so actually, uh, so you ran over something earlier that I wanted to go back to. Okay. So go how, do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you go through the like the, the flavors yeah. and, and pick the flavors and cause you guys have unique stuff. How do you, yeah. How do you go about that whole process? Yeah. Yeah. We try to be really creative in flavors and, and a, a lot of our competitors will just use, you know, the data driven, the analytics to, to choose those and, and, um, you know, what's, what's the hot flavor? What do, what do women, you know, what do women like? They like strawberry, they like coffee, they, you know, you can do it that way and you can have a lot of success. But I think if I have a coffee flavor, that's 
in a, a seven and a half or, a, or an eight out of 10 on to my palate. And then I've got like a coconut, strawberry, dragon fruit margarita. That's <laughs> a 11 out of 10 and I like it and yeah. I want to, I'm behind it. Um, I'm, I'm going to make that, you know, the poor business decision, I guess for a lot of people, but I'm going to make the one that's in my opinion, a better product. And that's, that is kind of what makes us different in some ways. Cause you do get a little bit of the unexpected and mm-hmm. you do kind of get that feeling that guys in suits aren't calling all the shots here. There's some <laughs> element yeah. of, of, um, of risk taking and creativity that you don't find everywhere. Yeah. So we try and be creative and, and that's, I mean, taste is subjective. So it's hard for me to say, you know, 10 out of 10 on my palate. I'm not, I'm not like one of those, yeah. you know, I'm no professional, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but you know, I'll have my people try it. You know, my, my ambassadors try it or sponsored folks try it. And if, uh, you know, if it checks out to some extent, that's the direction I, I do kind of follow my gut on that thing on flavor and, and taste. And, and that's a very difficult, um, part of this business is making something that tastes good because like I said, I it could be a 10 out of 10 to me and you could hate it and spit it out. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely difficult, but it's, um, it's one of the most fun parts of the job too. Yeah. Know, getting 10 different, uh, flavor samples in the mail and getting to sit down and pour them all out, mix them up and try them and, yeah. and then be able to go back and say, let's tweak this, make, you know, bring the acidity out a little here, a little more salt there. It's, um, it's fun. It, it kind of crosses over into that kind of uh, like culinary. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a cool dimension to the, to the business. It seems like you guys do that a lot too. Like yeah. new flavors <laughs> yeah. or changes. Like I've seen you, we saw yeah. you recently and you're like, yeah, we got these new flavors to try of yeah. sample packs. And yeah. It's fun. And, um, it's kind of akin to, you know, your, your Lululemon, you know, your, the, the brands, how do you, um, how do you keep things fresh and how do you, yeah. it, you know, it's our, it's our equivalent of, you know, the spring line, the fall line, the winter line. It's, Oh, that know, makes the, sense. The new flavor. I never yeah. thought of it like that. Yeah. 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 It's bring it. And then we get to, we get to, to then send out an email and make it look sexy and kind of trumpet, you know, the uh-huh. new, the new stuff. And, um, that's what, you know, it, it, we have people that haven't ordered in two years and, uh, that's what kind of uh-huh. brings us, bring them, brings them back into our world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a big part of our business. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that, um, manifests as we continue to grow because it's, uh, it's hard to manage, you know, 80 products with a still a small, relatively small team. Yeah. Um, and you're paying warehouse space. You're, uh-huh. you know, ordering all these different, all kinds of different materials as opposed to all the same materials where you can order a ton of it. So it's, it's a lot cheaper. It, it yeah. becomes a challenge and it's like, how, do you phase out some of the ones that aren't doing so well? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of sorting through some of that on our end as we start to have a deeper and deeper menu kind of like, you know, yeah. che- cheesecake factory, <laughs> yeah. like 40, 40 pages of like <laughs> totally. every single type Jesus of fruit Christ. in the world. Yeah. But I, they're all good. So they keep them all. Yeah. Yeah, what is yeah. the shelf life of something like a, a powder? Uh, it varies in, I mean, climate, I mean, you can, we have warehouses in Las Vegas and in New York. So we have different, um, different areas of, of, of the warehouse that are different climate controlled. Some products have to be there. Some mm. can be out in the heat. Okay. Uh, typically with dry powders, it's between one and a half to three years, Oh wow! which okay. is, which is awesome. I mean, for, yeah. for a small brand, you can be a little more bold in your, in your purchase orders. I mean, we're, we're still turning over batches within, you know, two months or so, like turnover is pretty quick, Damn. but it's, uh, relative to, you know, a, a pre-bottled, uh, like a muscle milk ready to drink or something like that. And that's a, a, some, a, a space that we're trying to learn more about, um, okay when you start to get into, you know, this thing's only going to be good for 12 months. Mm-hmm. You, it, it complicates, you know, your, yeah. you, the conviction you can have to jump into that, especially when stuff like that, you've got to, or, you know, put up big, big money to, to pull it off. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, mm. shelf life stuff is is tricky and um, it just varies from product to product. Yeah, it's <clears throat> interesting. How do you with uh, when you first started working with ambassadors or influencers or how? I assume you same kind of deal. You didn't just jump in like let me spend ten grand on one person type deal. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I just had a really a really long. Um, I don't know if it was a good call because it didn't go the way I wanted it to. But <laughs> <laughs> I just had a really kind of yeah, really I, had, I had a call. Yeah. I had a call, and uh, I got kind of worked up. You know, kind of going over my my religion on it. Like a lot of times, influencers they 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 want money. Why, why wouldn't they? When yeah. every company under the sun is reaching out to you if you have fifty thousand followers and saying, "Let me pay you to use our product that I'm going to mail you for free." Mm-hmm. Um, it's competitive as heck. And I mean, back when I started, it was a little bit less so, but now. Uh, it's to the point where if you have a good following, you're in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and they know that. So yep. it becomes a, a real challenge on how do, how do I make you happy and be competitive and respectful of, you know, and, and it's not calling, it's not a call out to them. Like they've, they've earned it and that's what they're worth. So yeah, it's not sure. on me to be like, you're not worth that. Someone else is going to pay them. So yeah. if they're worth that to me, how do I find a way to make them happy, make them excited to post about me and then also get my, return on it it's yeah. very challenging i as an athlete i try and make it very performance based sure. so if you're not performing and you get out of bed for a month and don't want to don't want to post about unico and don't share your experience with the product then you're not going to do as well and uh-huh. it you're, cut, ta- you're it, off the team yeah <laughs> you're gone no nah, it's just it but it's it's a balancing act and i will say i have a lot of respect and and just i i bet it's so hard sometimes to um to get up and, and do that post about that product that you owe it to that company to do. I mean, I don't do posting minimum posting requirements, but a lot of brands are, you've got a contract, they pay you good money, mm-hmm. but two times a week you better post. And I, I think in my opinion, that drives a lot of inauthenticity, which is yeah. not what these platforms are supposed to be about. And people are starting to see through that. You, people are, people know if you mix up a shake and then toss it without, you know, if huh. it's, they can tell, they can just tell when you like something and when you don't. Yeah. And that's not a challenge specific to my brand or my vertical with supplements. It's anything. It's, I mean, clothing, yeah, you can wear it and st- it's a little bit easier, but sure. um, some, some industries are, are tricky to, to uh, just have that consistently healthy relationship with promoters and uh, influencers and things like that. Yeah. We, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with a company called the Siskis, one of the, one of the owners and it's jewelry. And she said she makes, not only does she, when she buys like her personal stuff, but also when she's, her selling of products, way better on Instagram stories than any hmm. actual. She's like, I'll actually pay, pay less, or I'll pay more for them to do their Instagram stories. Yeah. Because it's yeah. more valuable and they can swipe up, yep. go right to it instead of having to go back to the bio, yeah. click out and go <clears> that, that one extra step. Plus, plus a lot of times they can talk about it and like with a pre-workout, it's not just like, Hey, pre-workout, they can say it and then they can take yeah. it through a workout or yeah. however each, you know, each individual person. Well, and it, it goes back to what we were talking about between the nuances of Snapchat versus Instagram and Instagram stories versus the traditional Snapchat uh, user experiences that the story is so cool because it's the best for businesses and it's the best I think for, uh, for users. Cause there, mm-hmm. it kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off to, get the lighting just right and get mm-hmm. everything just perfect because you know, it's going to be gone tomorrow. So mm-hmm. you, it gives you that confidence to just throw it out there and be, just be yourself more. Yeah. And that's why I think Instagram is, uh, it's just in, it's in, it is in a good place. Be, I mean, brands are, are kind of gunking it up in different ways, but in terms of just being able to, the, the point of it, I think has always been for people to show, you know, tr- show their true colors and show who they really are. And 
my opinion now is that the feed, the traditional feed is more of the, you know, it's the sort of edited, glossed up. This is what we really want you to it's see. It's the front door. It's the front door. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the story is the what's really going on. Yeah. But like what you said, it's, it's so cool because Instagram, they know that the story is, that's the key now, but they, they didn't make it only good for authenticity and for the people to have that confidence to show reality. They also made it awesome for brands to monetize it and use it as a tool. Yeah. Which is great. It's awesome. But but what I don't like is you have to have 10,000 followers to do that. And I know lots of people with fake 10,000 followers to do a story. Swipe up. Oh, the swipe up. So like, you know, for a simple thing as us to like put our podcast up, like we can't do a swipe up. Huh? We could, I mean, we might lose a couple hundred people from that or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which that would be super beneficial to someone who's under 10,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. I, I didn't know that they did that, but um, yeah. Well, you, you're over 10k. Yeah. You can do it. Well, you, you'll get there soon. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's the follower game is tough. I mean, we had, yeah. we had, we were stuck at like. It's hard not to get mixed up in follower counts, and when they, when yeah. they're gating certain things with that feature, that does sort of make you focus yeah. on it more. I understand, yeah. but even just like certain milestones, like I just want to get to 50k, but uh, and then you just want to get to 51 and 60. Yeah. it's yeah. a never-ending yeah. cycle. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And it matters, but it doesn't matter at yeah. the end of the day. It's right, all about right. engagement and right. you know, all that stuff. But, but when it does, you can't do it cause it's 10,000 followers. You can't swipe up like that. That's a thing that actually matters. And I don't know yeah. that, that there's any other platform or something like that matters. Maybe like Facebook when it's, once you get to a certain amount of fans or stuff like that, like you can start yeah. monetizing it now with the new deals. But yeah, I don't, as far as like that yeah. stuff, I've never heard well, of it. Well, they probably, I wonder if there's different, uh, Lord knows what they deal with on a, even a day-to-day basis as far as yeah. robots and spamming oh, and, yeah. and, and people doing all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, you know, you've seen some weird stuff in your DMs, right? Oh, like I, oh, I get, yeah. get constant <laughs> like, oh, yeah. hello, or, or we'll get from yeah. our account like, yeah. hello. Oh, let me click this. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah we definitely will talk. We'll yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah. With, um, with influencers and what you've done there, what do you think the biggest mistake is that you've done? mistake with influencers i would jeez um, i don't i don't i don't know that i've made a lot of really really bad ones okay um i think i don't know i i adopt more of a more of a like a just try it out kind of mentality screw it yeah. um and but but then i'll do it in riskless ways i'm not gonna to sign someone on and throw them all over my website and instagram before i know what they're all about you know mm-hmm. um because a lot of times they'll kind of play in their own world and, and you know, I think there are ways to kind of test a lot of different things without taking a lot of risk. And I think because I have been able to do that, I don't think I've taken a lot of big swings and misses. Yeah. Um, when I do kind of go big, it's only again, going back to performance based cause I'm such a analytical kind of performance based athletic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like winning and losing. I, yeah. if that person's winning for me, then I'll take, I'll take a shot at them at, at um, you know, I'll, I'll invest in them. Um, but again, only after kind of a, a, a time where they've shown what they're all about and what they can do, Yeah, which is the way it should be in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know a guy who uh, has a company and they have uh former athlete and stuff like that too. And they, his thing with his product and it's like 60 to 80 bucks is a typical like mm-hmm. cost amount. And they get th- think they get 20% the influencer. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're not interested, don't work with us. But if you're going to work with us, I don't pay up front but you can make money. This is your company now. Make money with that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I feel like 
I, I like the vibe. I don't necessarily like, like the way he did, he says it, mm-hmm. but, but I get it too. Like yeah. you want me to give you money? Well, if you sell product, I'll give you money. Yeah. You know, kind of deal. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I, I was just, I read, um, the Lululemon founders book, uh, over the holiday and, and it kind of brings up what you're talking about. Like how he took an industry that was, you know, the retail industry, cashiers and clerks and product educators and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he found a way to get, you know, really, really bright, motivated entrepreneurial people in those stores selling you shorts and workout sh- yoga pants. Um, and that, that was part of his bread and butter. Yeah, he had a great product, but he also was a genius for being able to incentivize people to, to sell his product. Hmm. And he didn't just do it by waving dollars in front of their face. Yeah, he made it clear that, I mean, we're human. We want to we wanna, uh, excel in every different way financially as one of them. But um, he was able to create a, an environment and a culture in which it was all, you know, the, the money was tied to their, their self-improvement of themselves and becoming uh-huh. uh, better people and better, you know, stewards of the company, better uh, coworkers with, with people they work with every day. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I think I still, I, I would love to be able to, to do something like that someday or, or find a way to, to, to motivate people and inspire people to, uh, to unite them under, under something that can, you know, that, that's how he grew something unbelievable out of a, the clothing industry where, yeah, they're great mm-hmm. lo- yoga pants, but everyone's making good yoga pants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how, what sort of like different creative stuff have you done as far as like marketing concepts or ideas? Like, so what I, th- what I thought of that is, so did you see the, go- the bears game missed the kick two weekends ago and then yeah, goose yeah. Island did that whole field yeah. goal challenge thing? Oh no, I didn't see the, you didn't see this. Okay. No. All right. So, so I'll break it down real quick. So, uh, Bears kicker Cody Parkey missed field goal last week, two weekends ago. So of course people are talking on social. Goose Island, who's a Chicago-based company, says, uh, "All right, you you say you can do it, prove it. We're going to set up a 43-yard field goal <laughs> outside of their brewery. Yeah, uh, next weekend. Yeah, first hundred people to, to show. You guys can kick a field goal. If you win, you get beer for a year." Now they ended up, they had to pull back. They couldn't do that. Uh, like lawyers were like, Hey, you can't give away beer for a year. Like that's not, that's oh, not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so what was the, that's not the look they said, we'll, we'll send you to any NFL. You want a friend at any NFL game next year. Oh. <laughs> and then if you make that 43 yard field goal, you've got an opportunity to do a 65 yard field goal. We'll send you to this year's Super Bowl. That's cool. If you make it. Yeah. Which was cool. But, yeah. But so they had, I was watching Saturday morning on their, uh, on their Instagram or on their uh, Twitter, Twitter live, 121,000 people watched it. <laughs> That's now, cool. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure there's more like oh, yeah. uh, as it went Afterwards, on, yeah. Yeah. ESPN, Barstool, Yahoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the big networks are talking about it. It was, it, and I'm sure it cost them, I don't know, maybe a thousand bucks to like set up some put poles up and yeah, yeah. And put up higher security or something like yeah. Yeah. put up, they put up a little fencing and stuff. So no, so you could stand in front of it and not get kicked in the face. But I thought it was oh, super there, cool. The most coverage got was what these people who would come and slip and fall and then yeah. kick it. Like, Oh, it was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Was like got in the balls. Genius. Yeah. And how I mean, every person there too had their phone out, you know, yeah. Yeah. There was, showing their friends. There, there might've been 2000 people there. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's sick. Yeah. And, and all those people then Did you guys go out and do it. It was in Chicago. I just, yeah, I just saw it. But I, I mean, if this would have been in Los Angeles, I'm ass would have been there. <laughs> to- kicking toe a toe kick. kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be our, our kicker, like our senior year or something. And our coach was like, dude, you're not kidding. <laughs> get, get out of here. Yeah. Um, have you, have you done anything like outlandish, crazy? Like, uh, hey, let's try something nuts. No. no. The short answer is no, nothing that cool. Yeah. Um, I think as we, um, and like you said, that's not even a lot of resources to do. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty yeah. simple. I mean, we, 
I, I do one of my goals for the year and, and going forward is doing more things that bring our brand to life. Um, mm. I think being as historically and still quite a small company, um, we're still kind of like, um, I don't know, finding, finding ways to, to be creative and, and authentic without, um, you know, without a ton of resources. And that, I mean, that's yeah. an awesome example of them for the, for them yeah. doing that. God. But, uh, I, I would say our expos, we, we kind of, we do a good job of kind of going all out quote unquote yeah. and, and trying to, um, trying to show people, you know, physically, this is what we're all about. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're energy, we're energetic. We're, it seems like uh, a little, we're a having little mini fun. club there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you definitely have a different, more and different you vibe DJ. and you stand out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a ton it's of energy around you. It's definitely different. There's yeah. all the bright lights going up. Yeah. And yeah. Is it the same setup? Ish. You guys weren't in Vegas. No, no, no. So you guys are going to, you guys are going to see something a little bit different. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, 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 we've expanded on the same idea and made it uh cool, even, even more high profile. It's pretty sweet. Cool. cool. How did you come up with the whole concept of your, what, uh, you, what is it about a 20 by 10? It's 20, 20 by 20, 20 now. Okay. Um, I'm big into outer space. <laughs> 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 There's your quote of the day. Yeah. Uh, I'm in outer space. No, I'm, I'm just, space. I think, um, my, uh, my design influence and I guess my design language is, um, it's just very kind of galactic. It's very unrestrained. It's colorful. It's, um, you know, it's, it's out there for lack of a better term. And sure. I think I bring that into, um, every aspect of our brand. Sometimes it's too much and, and it's not, you know, it sounds like I'm like an LSD trippy guy <laughs> or something, but it's like, it's um, no, I just, I've always been drawn to, to color and just, uh, you know, being extroverted in, in, in how I communicate visually. Yeah. And, um, that's translated into packaging and, and uh-huh. kind of the physical manifestation of our brand as well. And yeah, and music is an influence and, um, yeah, I love electronic music and that's, that culture has always, again, super druggy culture, but, uh, yeah. it's also, it's, it's cool. They've captured, a uh, uh, like a, like a, an atmosphere of that's kind of galactic and sort of surreal. Mm. Uh, and I think that's attractive to people um, like us for whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah, you, I think you'll like the booth. Cool. 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 Yeah. I always like how you guys set up this, but it's like, a, but if it's bigger mm-hmm. and better, I like it. It's supposed I'm to feel, it's supposed to I'm feel intrigued. like, yeah, you should yeah. be it's sick. Yeah. It's supposed to feel like, um, you just walked on board a space station. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And not in like a corny, like a movie set way. It's yeah. just sort of like some yeah. different visual cues and different things that you'll huh. notice. Um, we actually use one of the logos on the front of the booth. We found the, the guys who do the gold like foil plating for NASA ships and we commissioned them to do like it, the, the coating of the Unico logo. That's kind of a uh, stupid detail. That's kind of cool. But, um, and they also make the Grammy, like the trophies, like the Academy Awards trophies. Oh, cool. really? Huh. But anyway, that's super kind of cool. cool detail. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Um, I don't think you guys had anything last year or this year even. Did. Like how do you make a social push? at the events besides we, having just yeah. the, the, the look of it. But how do you tell me to like, uh, follow or do or yeah, we do a terrible job of that as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. I mean, yeah. terrible, terrible, Damn, but yeah. you're, you're going to go there and you're going to go through the booths that have like 500 iPads on stands and they're going to collect yeah. your email and your social yeah. security and your hair color and stuff like that <laughs> in order to get one sip of their thing. Uh-huh. Um, we're not there yet. I don't have the resources to have someone set all that up and I don't care to do that stuff. I would rather focus on creating an awesome experience, yeah. get people to, to be able to interact freely with the, with the brand and with the products. And, and like I said, a lot of companies, maybe, maybe it's wise to do so, but they're trying to extract every bit of value out of that huge amount of money that they put into the show. Uh-huh. 
we're bad at that, but in some ways I think we're being small like we are, we're there, we're happy to be there. We're happy to kind of make some noise and be like, we're here, you know, come, 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 come like hang out with us, come sample our stuff, come get a great deal on a product. Um, and, and kind of hope that more of the traditional, you know, word of mouth or check that out or what are those lights all about? (laughs) Why is that, why is that music sound so different? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so we try to, that's kind of how we're trying to, we're trying to draw people to us. Um, that's kind of my cop out crappy excuse for, <laughs> for not, not doing the hard work of actually making a good yeah. plan on, on making the most of these things. But, um, maybe, maybe that'll come. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not doing much more than just trying to bank on, uh, people making, liking the make, look of it. Exactly. Well, you got, I think was it last year we were there and you guys had some sort of mask or something or there. I remember people like unicorn mask. Yeah. Yeah. People, I don't know if people were putting it on or just taking pictures around it. People were definitely putting on and dancing and dancing and being social with themselves. So, yep. I guess that's it. I mean, like that's a nice thing to have people do it. And people love unicorns. They do. They do. And we actually, and I wanted, I did want to put this on the record. We were, we were very authentic and genuine in our embracing of the unicorn. It was, Mm. our name is Unico nutrition. Yeah. That was in, in two, 2012. That was the first name. It's never changed. Yeah. And people, you know, they would, they would, you know, visually want to put that little R between the O and the huh. N in nutrition. So we would get customer service emails, dear unicorn nutrition. <laughs> and cause we're kind of a, a loud kind of not taking ourselves too, too seriously type brand. People yeah. are like, Oh, you know, it's a unicorn brand or whatever. And yeah. obviously you guys know very well with the unicorn crunch bar. Yeah. Uh, we kind of did embrace that as a theme. Unfortunately, it's really gotten diluted and, um, it regrets me to say that we've kind of shifted a little bit away from that, um, and sort of embraced our galactic nature, which is maybe, you know, still kind of loud and and fun and surreal, but not quite as, uh, whimsical, but, um, uh, but a lot of brands, even within our industry have taken that and just blown it to shit and it (laughs) seems trashy and crappy now. Yeah. Yeah. I won't just name names, but <laughs> well, I think you just kind of did. It's you know, <laughs> trashy. Yeah, you know what? I remember last, is synonymous last time you were pissed off. Yeah, there was somebody using that same name or something. Oh yeah, similar yeah. And you no, went over I mean, your brand, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a funny story. Yeah. But yeah, brands. I mean, everyone, almost every company in our industry now has like a unicorn flavor or something. like something. Everyone's yeah. tried to get in on it, and yeah, so yeah. the what happened was it made us just look like posers. Like we yeah. didn't, you know, we were late to the table and stuff, and that, which wasn't the case. We were like we had a genuine like earnest like right to to use it yeah <laughs> and it was kind of taken from us it was just kind of it, it, like i said diluted but yeah it is what it is what do you think you guys will do in 2019 different than the last couple of years <sighs> that's a good idea probably i, be I more feel like i answer, i asked that like so seriously be like, more was, yeah in life changing well we're going from unicorns yeah. to yeah. serious stuff yeah uh i i mean our our brand is gonna is gonna change a lot um, I personally uh, and my team spent a ton of 2018 with our head to the grindstone, nose to the grindstone rather, um, just planning in, in the dark for what's to come. And that's kind of a, uh, a changing of course for, for our ship, so to speak. Um, we have always been very true to the traditional sports nutrition world. Um, and I think that that world is maybe limited in the, the amount of people that are uh, relating to it and, and behaving within it, its confines. And uh, for that reason, we're going to kind of open things up to um, maybe some more modern types of products, um, mm. definitely types of products that will appeal to different types of people. 
um, which is incredibly intimidating because they say stick to what you know, stick to your guns, don't mm. don't try and do too much. Um, but we're doing it in a way that we're still true to who we are, but at the same time we're kind of getting out of the box of uh, traditional bodybuilding and, and traditional weightlifting and some of the things that are associated with the types of products that we've historically sold. So that's going to be awesome. And I know I've, I've kind of hinted at what those different things are to you guys and yeah. shown you some things. And, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I think it's going to be a big, I, I hope it pays off. It's always a risk when you, yeah. when you do kind of go a different direction, but we are going to do it in a way to where we're staying true to our guns and sticking to our guns. And, um, we are going to kind of, we have a couple, uh, updated versions of some of our best selling products that are going to be great. Um, and so that's, that's the name of the game in 2019 is, uh, literally like 14 different products that we've been working for over a year on that we're going to release to the world. 14 and new products. 14. Yeah. If Jesus. we're calling it, we, we refer to each different flavor. So really, oh, okay. you know, you know, a flavor, a chocolate and a vanilla each counts as a product. Okay. Um, cause I mean, each requires an unbelievable amount of work to, to yeah, bring, sure. bring to life, yeah. but, uh, yeah, just a ton of new stuff to, to wow. kind of match the, the, um, to kind of play in the, the space that we want to play in. Yeah. When will you start launching that stuff? Uh, will you do anything special for the Fed Expo? Like a, like a launching at the Fed Expo? Yeah. Yeah, we might, dun, dun, we dun, might dun. tease some stuff. We might okay. tease some stuff. Okay. Sample bring some mock-ups. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not like physical samples, but, um, because LA, uh, kind of the culture and the trends here are what sort of guided that shift in, in, in mm. how we're navigating it. It is in our best interest to make use of the big crowds that are come going to come out from, from our area yeah. and, be like, hey, you know, this is what we make that you, we know you love, but this is also what's coming. You know, keep 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 your eye on us. And so that uh, finding a good way to do that. I mean, I'm open to ideas too. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of like physical product to sample of those things, but mm. um, who knows? Maybe a little flyer or like a little something just to just to let people know what's coming. Yeah. Would be advisable for sure. That's maybe cool. yeah, maybe good that's thing. the um the the ploy to get them to put give them your email address or something. Yeah, get, yeah, get no, seriously, first or, yeah. or follow yeah. us and we'll DM us. Or right, we'll that's send awesome. First yeah. Something. Do you have like a uh with, with the products and stuff? Do you have memberships? Um, uh, we've started doing a subscription option on one of our top selling products just to see okay. if it was getting traction. Mm -hmm. With us, it's kind of tricky because we do have such a deep menu. Like we said, it's yeah. Um. Maybe you don't want peach ring, you know, the peach ring flavor gotcha. every month. Maybe you want the yeah. blue frost or the yeah. blackberry lemonade the next month. And so setting up something, we've even thought of like, how could we set up like a wild cart? Like how do we like surprise and like send you yeah. a different flavor yeah. or yeah. something? Um, you could do like a subscription box where like yeah. you get the, you, maybe you get your, your typical <laughs> pre-workout, but then also you're going to get something else every month or that's yeah. what I meant. Like if you had like an exclusive tier yeah. then those people are the ones getting the, the new stuff yeah first. yeah that's why I, oh, I see what you're saying yeah. yeah and yeah subscription box that whole concept especially for people who uh you know are generate we don't we like changing it up and yeah and not being non-committal and yeah um we've already noticed a lot of that with uh releasing some of our trial we just released a what we call our special sample box which is one of our we have a huge like we have nine flavors of protein and in our sample box, you can get buy, you know, spend 19 bucks and get, try each, you know, all of them. Oh, cool. Um, and so that's been huge, a huge, uh, made a huge cool. impact for us. Cause, uh, four out of five people who buy that box, they end up buying a full tub, which oh, is sick. And that's like going into it. You know, it's a ton of money to do single serving. Uh -huh. yeah. We're like, Oh man, I don't know. But to finally have some data and, and, and God, show that 80% of people off, are doing it. Yeah. It's that's, a huge number. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. But it just, it, it, it goes back to what I said in the first five minutes, like, just focus on making a sick product. Yeah, Cause then when uh -huh. you do that stuff, you're not afraid to give out one 
sip of something. Yeah. Cause they're going to like it and they're going to, they are going to want to buy more. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, a, a trial box, something like that, as we only have more and more of like the single servings and our, like our yeah. new bars, uh, it'll be, that is a, that's a cool idea to, to try and, and, and even with like existing customers, it's like cross sells yeah. and upsells. Like, yeah, you like this, try that type thing. Yeah. Um, logistically and from a fulfillment, like back end standpoint, yeah. it's definitely challenging because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. everyone, everyone make, likes to make money on that stuff. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a good idea though. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. Looks like an exciting 2019 for doing a Cool, dude. Anything else, Timmy? Nah, cool. No? It's great. Thank you. Well, dude, yeah, yeah appreciate you guys. the time. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you could rate it, subscribe, share, we would certainly love that, Timmy, wouldn't we? Yeah, also screenshot it screenshot and put us in it. your story and tag us. That That's way we know who you are and we can share it too. That's a great idea. We're at Business and BS on Instagram and also Facebook and Twitter. Once again, this podcast is in partnership with us, rcitycoffee.com. Use the code BS. Get 15% off your coffee right now. Until next time, goodbye.